plant grass, you grow grass. If you plant rice, you grow rice. I plant fear, and fear will grow. Once again, before we get started here, thanks again for listening to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts Unleashed. Uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy it. Let's get on down the road a little bit, man. Talk about being scary. I mean, you think about your professional wrestling, you should be some type of, you know, man anyway. <laughs> but uh, there, there were certain instances when I first got started, man, I was uh, terrified out in the ring. Uh, I don't care who you are, if you're 20 years old and... Um, you're in the ring with Stan Hansen and uh, Bruiser Brody. And it's back when they were really um, shaking and moving the ground, man. The earth beneath them just uh, melted, man. They, they were stompers and kickers, and Stan could wrestle for an hour and a half, so it was horrible the things he would push people to do. <laughs> so you can imagine uh, being in the ring with both of them, Brody being the wild man that he was, 320 pounds. I went through as a referee and I was terrified, man, but uh, I'm not ashamed to say that because I wasn't the only guy that was scared in the ring. I'm sure there was somebody else besides me. I know the front row wasn't sure most of the time. But uh, that gets me to the thing that happened with me and Stan Hansen in uh, New Orleans. Uh, Stan wasn't working the territory as Mid-South, and uh, I was, and I was a big baby face, and, I guess uh, he had made a deal with Watts uh, for the Japanese photographers and film crew to come in and uh, film one of his matches. They wanted to ship it back to Japan to, uh, you know, show that Stan was in the you know, United States kicking ass and taking names. And unfortunately, I got picked. So we go to the building and uh, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, because I knew Stan was such a machine, man. Uh, God gave him a gift to breathe one breath and go for 20 minutes. It, was, it just wasn't fair. You know, three, 300 pounds and pushing you around the ring. And uh, I've got him and he's gonna look good for the Japanese cameras. And I knew that and I understood it. It's a business and uh, really I had no choice at all because he's gonna kick my ass. That was all there was to it. And I was just hoping to get a breath of air every now and then. But uh, at the time, I was using a knee lift for a finish. And um, the, the match was supposed to wind up a disqualification uh, on Stan. You know, there's no way I'm going to beat Stan Hansen, you know, because I mean, they're filming for the Japanese people. So I knew that uh, it was going to be tough. So we go to the ring knowing that. 
and Stan set up a little high spot about 10 minutes into the match, man. We hadn't even really gotten going good. And Stan went down and I hit him with that short knee lift and I covered him and the referee went down and counted one, two, and Stan put his foot on the rope, but the referee didn't see it and the referee counted three. Oh my God. What am I doing laying on top of Stan Hansen right now? Till death do us part. Well, he exploded up out from under me in a split second. He was on his feet. And Jack Howe was still on his chest at the, on the mat. And Stan just stood up and screamed, you fucked me. And he thought we had fucked him. And Stan stomped Jack Howe's head. And it, I remember I was laying on my side and I'm looking right at it and his face contorted because it got smashed, man, just crushed. And um, holy shit. And I come to my feet and Stan snatches me by the friggin' hair. He goes, you cocksucker. And he fucking just charged and threw me over the top rope a couple rows back. And holy fuck, man, he is going nuts. He's beating the shit out of Jack Howe. Jack Howe's just, he's melting, he, you know. Stan's having to pull him up so he can do shit to him. I'm like, oh my God. And a fan, here, Jake, go get him. And he handed me a fucking chair. You know? So what should I have done? Should I have charged in the ring and beat that bully's ass with that fucking chair? No, not on Stan Hansen. Hell no. And he thinks he's just been fucked. Hell no. I just threw the fucking chair down and uh, went about my business. And Stan came to the locker room and he grabbed Jack Howe again. And he's screaming for my father because my father was the agent. And uh, my father just bailed on all of us. Because it was a fuck up on the referee's part, but it wasn't intentional, but it didn't matter because those Japanese press people were going absolutely ape shit. Um, I'm just thankful Stan didn't need all of us. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> you know, with Stan, I mean, he was just that big of a guy that he romped and stomped and did what he wanted to do. So, uh, you know, if you're ever in that spot, you better think about it twice. Be right back. That's right. Unleashed. We'll return after these messages. Hey, bro. You wish you could get a personalized video message from Jake the Snake Roberts? Well, now you can with Celeb VM. With Celeb VM, you can get good old Jake to say whatever you want. He's good at telling people happy birthday, Merry Christmas, and he's good at saying other words too. You write out the message, Jake will say whatever you want and maybe put a little bit of spice on it. Sleb VM for all your video messaging needs from uh, Jake the Snake Robbers. F yeah. And now, back to our show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning me back in. You know, while we're on the topic of Jack Howe, I got to tell you a little bit about this guy. I mean, uh, you know, I, he's definitely a hero, man. I mean, he was awesome, bro. He was, he was fucking crazy, actually. 
Jack Howe, man, he, he was this wild-ass referee. He had these scars on his face like he'd been in a knife fight, and I'm pretty sure he had. But he was our ref down there, man, and uh, he was nuts, absolutely nuts, man. I remember going to his house one time, man, and uh, he had like, German U-boat captain's uniforms pinned up on the walls and, you know, knives and fucking guns and all this shit, man. He just knew there was going to be a race war someday, but he was certified crazy. Well, we were up in, uh, in a hotel room, man, in uh, Mid-South, and... Jack was there, uh, Jimmy Garvin was there, and Carrie Von Eric was there, and myself. And uh, we were, we'd been mixing uh, vodka and orange juice in the trash can from the bathroom for some time, and uh, smoking weed. And uh, we're, I'm sitting on the edge of the end of this bed, man, and Carrie's over there, and uh, beside me, I believe. And Jack Howe's talking about he's got this gun. So Kerry said something about, well, Jack, I wish you had it with you, man. I dig guns. We all know better than that. <laughs> Jack said, hell, I got it right here. So he pulls this damn gun out. I mean, out of nowhere, man. It just, boom, appeared in his fucking hand. Didn't like that. <laughs> and Garvin grabs it. He starts messing with it, playing with it. Now, Carrie wants to, let me check it out, man. Let me check it out. He had a friend that had one of these, and he starts grabbing, messing with it. They're just twirling this fucking gun around. I'm like, God damn, guys, come on, lighten up with that shit now. Be careful. <laughs> They're not paying attention. <laughs> Jimmy grabs it again. I'm like, oh, come on, that's enough. And he pushed, I pushed the hand down, man, and uh, he, like, puts the gun down. And I'm like, come on, man, that's enough, man. That fucking thing could have been loaded. And Jack said, oh, it's fucking loaded. I'm like, holy fuck, you're letting everybody fucking play with this damn gun. What the fuck are you doing, man? We could have been shot. And Carrie, he's fucking just laughing like a little kid, man. It's fucking crazy. Jack picks the gun up, and as I sit down, boom, he fucking shoots. Holy fuck. And he shoots the fucking thermostat on the wall. Boom, it's fucking sound buzzers going off for the fire alarm from the smoke from the gun. Holy fucking, there's fucking sparks shooting out of the damn thing. Well, Jack Howe, oh my God. I'm like, what the fuck have you done? And he fucking runs over and just reaches up and grabs his thermostat. But when he does, man, it fucking electrocutes his ass. Just shocks the shit out of it. And there's fire fucking going over in his hand, man. The smell of flesh. He's fucking shaking like a son of a bitch. Finally, boom, it comes out of the wall. He falls down. Holy fuck, man. What the fuck was that? And now the phone's ringing. Holy shit, man. We've been smoking all this weed in the fucking room. Holy shit, man. The cops are going to be here any minute, man. We got all fucking paranoid now. I mean, fuck, see all the damn gun going off. Fuck, oh, man. Grab the fucking phone, Jack Hal does. Of all fucking people, he's still twitching and shit. Jimmy Garvin grabs it from him. Thank God, Jimmy, he saved us. And Jimmy's like, no, no, man, we just wondered, you know, the smoke alarm went off. We don't understand it. Why'd that do that? <laughs> and they're like, maybe it's from all the weed you guys are smoking. Oh, fuck, now we're all in panic fucking mode, man. We can just see it in the Shreveport fucking newspaper. Us all getting busted at the hotel, so everybody's fucking bailing out of the room, man. Of course, it was my room, so I got fucked. Yeah, nothing was ever done. Thank God, man. That could have ended so much worse.
Jack Al was always the center of attention, though. He was an exciting son of a bitch to be around. For instance, man, we were coming back from Shreveport, going to Baton Rouge. I'm driving my car, brand new Bonneville, Pontiac Bonneville, man. It was sweet. Got velour seats, though, man. Those are just asking for pot burns. When we're driving down the road, going to Baton Rouge, 200 miles to go. Now, Jack used to like to do this thing. Well, of course, there's a few of us that also like to do this thing. You just take the joint, man, and you dip it in this stuff called locker room, it's amyl nitrate. And then you'd like swish it through the air a couple of times and you'd light it, man. Boy, that fucking thing would just knock your fucking head off, man, and just blasted you. <clears throat> I don't recommend this for anybody, really. But at the time, it was something fucking to play with. Well, Jack, it's his turn to hit this shit and the joint has smoked down a little bit, so it's not as big as it was. And Jack's in the back seat and he's got the amyl nitrate bottle and he fucking goes to light it. And when he does, he tilts his head back and he's got the amyl nitrate bottle in his fucking hand. So the shit just dumps all over his beard and his chest. Boom, he fucking takes the fucking head off that fucking weed and he catches on fucking fire. His fucking face is on fire, man. Holy shit. What a fucking scene, man. We're all screaming, motherfucker, all over the fucking road, man. That fucking badass road, man, on Highway 71, man, going back to fucking Baton Rouge, man, was bad, man. There were a lot of people. It was all over that damn road, though, man. We finally got it under control. I'm like, holy fuck, man. We pull over to the side, and Jack's on fire. He's screaming. Oh, man, it's lit up the whole inside of the car. We're like fucking slapping at him, man, trying to put it out. No, that didn't work. We're throwing fucking beer on him, man, and the beer helped. We finally got him patted out, though, man. You know. Man, it was bad. Jack was a funny motherfucker, man. It makes you fucking laugh doing crazy ass shit like that. Yeah, more on Jack in a minute. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm going to leave that Jack alone. Yeah. We'll return after these messages. You can get a championship belt made just for you to really look like a champion at maineventbelts.com. They do belts and stuff. But not other stuff. It's really just belts. Isn't that it? It's just, yeah, just belts. Just for you. Whatever size you are, they will make a belt. Do they have multiple sizes? We're not sure if they have multiple sizes, but I'm assuming they do because that would be a bad business move. You can get a belt just made for you to be a champion wrestler. Or you could be a champion of other things too. Who cares? You got a sweet belt. Wear that thing. You can rock it anywhere. Going to the grocery store. Going to... A uh, clothing store that sells belts put that in their face you can bring your championship belt to a belt store to say hey guys I got a championship belt you don't you just sell regular belts for pants this belt is for my person because I'm a champion you can say that if you go to this say man this is going way too long but yeah get your belt championship belt at maineventbelts.com they, they do belts made for champions.
you know, I love the 70s and 80s, man. Back then, you know, it was a completely different business, no doubt. Um, I sure as hell enjoy it, man. And I love the kayfabe stuff, too, man. Um, you know, keeping it down, not uh, exposing the business to the fans. Um, I really think that was a bad move, but eh, it's just my own opinion. You know, it just uh, really, um, I don't know. It meant a lot to me to be proud and, and stand tall. I guess how can you be proud and stand tall when you're doing a phony business? Well, it's not phony. You know, only people are phony. But, uh, you know, you, you go out and you don't expose the business. You kept it kayfabe and, uh, you know, the heels rub with the heels, the baby faces rub with the baby faces. Uh, but this is a story about one of those guys that maybe some people might think he took it too far, but I don't. Because I think, you know, he was about that. And that was Mr. Wrestling 2. Now, Mr. Wrestling 2 wore a white mask and uh, delivered the most unbelievable knee lift in the business. Um, later on, I was fortunate enough for him to tell me that he would like for me to carry on the knee lift. And I did that for, I don't know, a couple of years before I was switching to the DDT. But he was just a class act, man, really class act. His uh, wife used to do the robes, so she made the robes for like Flair and Valentine. All those guys were, you know, wearing those crazy ass robes back in the whatever day that was. I guess feel like robes, like robes. That's just not me. But anyway, <laughs> wrestling too. Kayfabe. I mean, to the point that he never took his mask off, man. I mean, in the locker room, didn't take it off. In the shower, didn't take it off. Um, you know, damn sure nowhere around the building would he take that mask off, man, because that's just how he believed. And I think that's fucking awesome. But um, this is one time it, it's kind of scary, uh, pretty damn scary, actually, and I'll just let you know what happened. We were at home in Louisiana. We had wrestled. And uh, we're leaving the building. Of course, now he's got his mask on because you don't want fans following you so they can peek and see who the mask man really is because he did cave haven, so they did try to find out who it was. Part of the game, right? So it was more like finding Pokemon or whatever that bullshit deal was for a while. I don't know what it was. I don't even care. But anyway, we drive about 10, 12 miles out. Still on kind of the edge of town, you know, and there's our beer stop. We had a beer stop, you know, and pulled in there, get us a few cocktails for the ride home. Not for the driver, of course. <clears throat> right. So bad the way we used to drink and drive back then, man. So fortunate I didn't kill anybody. Please don't drink and drive. But anyway, we pull into the store, we pop out, going in, go right in, head for the coolers. I got mine, I start down the aisle, wrestling dudes behind me. He grabs his, I can't remember who was with us, but they got theirs. And I'm heading up the aisle right for the cash register. The guy behind the cash register's had his back to us, and he's got headphones on. As he turns, he spots me, and I smile, and then all of a sudden you see his fucking eyes go crazy. And he just fucking dove underneath the desk, the counter, and reached, and boom, grabbed it, pulled it up. It's a fucking shotgun, man. A fucking shot. I nearly shit myself. He's like, you're not going to rob me again like you did last week, you motherfuckers. Y'all ain't stealing all my fucking money. Hell no, that ain't happening. And he's fucking just ranting, man. Now we're yelling at him, but he's getting them fucking headphones on, man. 
I don't decide, you know. And finally, things got cooled down enough. And I think his headphones came off or something. I really can't remember how it ended when we didn't get shot. But I do remember that being a scary damn moment. Yeah, there's some bad moments, man, sometimes you get in these situations. Here's one for you from the Bahamas, man. Man, those fucking people down there are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Mm. I wrestled Skip Young down there one time when I was wrestling for a Florida Championship Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bad night, man. It's an outdoor arena, old skating rink, man, and uh, it was just insanity, man. They beat me to death with half bricks and bricks that night. It was pretty bad. They beat my ass all the way back to the locker room, and uh, they had police keeping the locker room. Thank God, man, because they had these two big doors and they had windows all the way around the locker room. And these fuckers were throwing shit in. So as I came in, they handed me two wrestling mats, man. And I went back, I'm, boom, that shit's hitting their fucking wrestling mats. It's scaring the fuck out of me, man. And um, I finally laid down on the floor just, you know, hearing them just throw that shit at me. So it slowed down for a little bit, so I started peeking out. And these fucking cops are picking up the bricks and throwing them back out. I'm like, don't fucking do that. Because they're just going to pick them back up and throw them back in. Fuck, man, let them run out. Shit. Yeah, I finally got that shit straight. That wasn't a good night, man. I got about 17, 20 stitches in the back of the head. Ooh, that wasn't no much fun. That wasn't much fun, I'll tell you that. Uh, I got a funny instance when it wasn't funny at the time. It's kind of kind of funny now I think but I'm sure you'll be amused with it and what it was was in the time at this time I was in a tag situation with Jimmy Garvin we were in mid-south and um, um, doing well you know kind of mid-card stuff but learning and then this new team comes in and um, obviously they're going to go right to the top that was off and seek of the Samoans, the wild Samoans back in the day, man. They were fucking two big 300-pound vicious-looking and vicious men. God damn, they were scary. Well, we had a few matches with them. Remember I told you that knee lift thing? Just a silly little spot where I'm going to catch him with the short knee lift, which was like a high spot knee lift, not the big one that took it all home. The other one, two, three, but a short little knee lift, you know, and... Uh, Man, I did, we did something and it came out, boom, and I caught him. And fuck, it was solid. And he fucking shakes his head, he doesn't go down, he shakes his fucking head and then he fucking raises up and his fucking mouth is just bleeding like fucking all get out. Jimmy Garvin, I don't know why he did this. I asked him later, he said he didn't know why he did it. But he just yells, holy shit, you said you were gonna do that. This fucking Samoan hears this shit, and he just reaches out and snatches me with both hands on the outside of my head, draws me to him, and fucking headbutts me and knocks me fucking out. Yeah, I'm fucking out, man, for like four minutes. Yeah. Fucking Jimmy had to reach the ring and pull me over to the side. He's like, holy fuck, man, holy fuck, I can't believe you did that to him. Right. He's like, I'm coming to motherfucker, why did he say that? That's what I was thinking in my head. I wanted to fucking kill him, man. But sometimes the wrestling gods, you know, they hold you back because they've got a better plan. And it was kind of 
crazy the way this worked out. It was funnier than shit at the time, wasn't it, Jimmy? Ha ha, Garvin. Yeah. Well, he later became a free bird, man. Wow. Hall of Fame, too. But anyway, what happened next was a few days later, or one or two, no, or maybe before. I think it was before. Yeah, this happened before I gave him the knee lift. The Samoans were out to pull this little bullshit hotel they used to stay, about, stay at back in the day. I think it's called the Ten Flags. It was a fucking dump. But they were out by the pool getting some sun because, you know, it's an important part of the game, man. You want to look good, man. And, you know, the lights and cameras on, you got to look good. So it's so much healthier when you have a nice tan. And it looks it looks really cool. You know, it, makes it, it gives it gives the lie that uh, you guys are really in shape. Yeah, you look great. Magnificent. Well, anyway, they were out the pool laying around. A few other wrestlers out there. I wasn't there. Damn it, I'd like to have seen it. But, oh, yeah, and the midgets were in town. So they're out there drinking and shit, man, having a good time. And this fucking drunk comes out to the pool. And of all people to fuck with, don't fuck them with the midgets. No, they're too fucking small. No, no, no. Don't fuck with this guy over there. No, no, don't fuck that guy. No, no, let's get the biggest motherfucker out here. Seiko. Let's go after him. This guy would not fucking leave Seiko alone, man. Kept fucking with him, talking shit. And I, you know, I bet I could, you know, I, didn't, I did this back. You know, I'll kick him. Shit. Well, he got too close to Seiko. Seiko just fucking threw his hand back. Hit him right in the fucking face, man. Bam! The guy goes to the ground. Seeky gets up and just screams. The guy comes to his feet and the guy hauls ass and Seeky's chasing this motherfucker down. Now he's running along a major highway there going through Baton Rouge called Highway 61. Traffic got the ass and he's chasing this motherfucker down the road. Now the road, the asphalt, is just covered in glass. But that didn't stop Seeky. No, fuck no. He chased that motherfucker for like two blocks, man. But he came back, you know, he was happier. But he had a big gash on his hand where he hit the guy, you know, fucking split his hand all the shit. Well, about three days later, which is about the time I hit him in the knee lift, his brother, Sika's hand is like tripled in size. I mean, it's fucking unbelievable. And he's got it wrapped in gauze, he's got disinfectant on it, he's doing all this shit, but it's fucking getting hot and it's, it's not good. There's definitely a major infection going on. So we've seen him and we're looking at the fucking hand. He's like, yeah, man, look here, I can even see my bones, man. And we fucking spread the fucking shit back. It wasn't his bones, it was one of the guy's teeth. One of the guy's teeth was still in his fucking hand, man, embedded. So we pulled that son of a bitch out, man, douched it with all sorts of shit, man. Fuck, man. It was nasty. Well, then I fucking hit, hit off in the mouth, split his fucking mouth that night. Then a couple nights later, Jimmy Garvin goes to arm drag Sika, and as he takes him over, he pulls Sika in, and when he does, Sika's hand goes to the mat, and Jimmy Garvin's knee goes right on top of it. Oh, my God. That infected, thick fucking hand. And Sika just roared and came to his fucking feet, and Jimmy Garvin's on his knees. And I'm like, yeah, you said you was going to do that. Yeah. 
Man, I watched that guy shit his fucking pants, man. He grabbed fucking grabbed Sika's hand and started kissing his hand saying how sorry he was. <laughs> yeah, that's some good shit. You, Ronnie Garvin. Oh, I could talk about you. Man, we'd both be in trouble. Hey, I got more coming for you, man. Hope you're enjoying it. You must be serious, don't you? Yeah, Jake Snake Roberts, Unleashed. Be right back. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Wow, hey, guy, that's a real cool wrestling tee. Thanks, man. I got it at ProWrestlingTees.com. They make pro wrestling tees. Wowee, that's really cool, mister. Do they make sizes for just a wee little guy like me? You betcha. You can wear any of these t-shirts. They make all different sizes and for all different shapes of people. Shapes and sizes, that's what I was really going for. Okay, I'm gonna go right now to ProWrestlingTees.com and get a cool Jake the Snake t-shirt. I was just gonna recommend that myself. Jake the Snake Roberts is a nice young looking cat and he could really rock the out of these t-shirts. You bet your bottom dollar. I'm gonna get myself a pro wrestling tee from ProWrestlingTees.com. It's not for amateur wrestling tees, just the pro wrestling tees. ProWrestlingTees.com. And now back to the show. Hey guys, yeah, I'm back. Yo, sometimes fans are so damn crazy, man. You want to get into it and everything. That's the whole purpose of it, but. Sometimes you wind up taking it a little too far. Sometimes you just get a couple of psychos, usually in my case, that just won't give it up. You know, I've had fans, you know, throw all sorts of objects at me and, I mean, hit me with all sorts of crazy-ass shit, batteries and cups of pecani sauce and beers and, I don't know, you know the list went on and on. I mean, I've had fans try to run me off the road that was pretty exciting. But uh, going to uh, that city of losers, Cleveland. Oh, oh, did I mention that? Yeah. You guys aren't doing so good right now, huh? It's amazing. Hmm. By the time you guys get to actually hear this, it'll be over. I mean, it's 3-0 and now, so. Duh. Go Warriors. Isn't it amazing how quick fans turn on somebody, though? I mean, like, LeBron James, I'm not a fan of LeBron James. Yeah, he's a great athlete, great ball player, all that bullshit, but so what? I, you know, I don't pick him, so there you go. But some fans are so nutty, man. I mean, it's like, the, the word out now is like, <laughs> Kevin Durant is now the best player in the world um, due to this series and the way that they've established themselves. You know, you're throwing him under the bus, man. He hasn't lost anything individually because he's going out there and doing his part. No doubt about that. That's the problem. He's got too big of a part. And that's going to be really interesting in the offseason to see how Cleveland tries to even up the uh, playing field a bit. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means by getting some more people in there. They need some help if they're going to compete with Golden State. Now, it will be interesting to see what they do. Will they go after... Uh, I don't know, a kid in Indianapolis, um, a ball player there, Paul George. Will they go after him? 
and I certainly wouldn't settle for Carmelo Anthony, would he? No, I can't see that happening at all. CP3, Chris Paul, that's a possibility. There's lots of possibilities, but it will be interesting. And you damn sure bet that they're going to go out there and get some more help. Oh, yeah, they're not enjoying what's happening right now. Why would they? 3-0, man. Whew. That hurts. Come on, I hope you've done it by now. 4-0, that would be so sweet. Definitely, I think, one of the best teams of all time. How about you guys? You all feel the same way? Yeah, you know what's fun? Is to sit back and watch this from my angle and wonder how they're going to turn Golden State heel. See, they got to turn them heel sooner or later because you can't just have the greatest team, blah, 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 and not have some competition, so therefore you got to build shoot angles and stuff and uh, bring people in where they got LeBron, boom, what's he going to come back with? Yeah, I see this developing. Man, I hope they don't screw it up. Oh, well. Anyway, that's fans for you, though. They're there for you. Wrestling fans are the greatest fans on the planet. They'll never give up on your ass, man. If they love you, they love you forever. I'm certainly grateful for that. You know, I've been in some silly situations and, you know, driving down the highways, man, there's always something going on. Harley Race used to be really bad about seeing you on the highway and then getting up behind you and bumping your car and then pushing you down the highway, you know, like 80, 90 miles an hour, sometimes 100. He was real nuts with that back in the day and nobody really appreciated it. You know, Ronnie Garvin, on the other hand, he'll, he might run over you you were outside your car, but uh, Ronnie was famous for lots of little instances like that. He was known to push people down the road. He's also known to drive down the median. He called it the wrestler's lane, and I'm inclined to hang with him on that. And Sure got us some traffic jams in the past. <laughs> sure got us arrested one time. Oh, well, Ronnie always meant well. It's like, you know, Ronnie used to fly planes all the time, man, and uh, he had his own plane. Cheryl and I, my ex-wife, uh, we were in Charlotte and we had an opportunity to fly to the next shot and damn sure be driving it for four hours, you know. And um, we, we did it at Altoona, Pennsylvania is where we were going. So we rolled with Ronnie, you know, and had this little single engine plane and uh, we cram in there and get every snake and everything in there. And we fly to uh, Altoona. But when we get there, Ronnie's like complaining, man, there's a lot of fog out here, we can't see, blah, 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 it's gonna be hard to see this runway, you need to move up here in front, because I sit in the back with Cheryl, you need to move up front here and help me look for the runway. So I move up front, we're like flying, I'm like, okay, when do I need to start looking for it? He goes, right now! I'm like, what? Well, take it easy, what's going on? He's like, Jake, we're like 50 to 75 feet off the ground right now. Yeah, do you see any fucking lights? No. Do you see any trees? No, that's good. <laughs> and he's like, I can't go any lower because we're sure as shit gonna hit a fucking tree. I'm like, please, don't hit a tree. Just don't fuck with the tree. So he came up a little bit and we flew around for a little bit and wound up having to, to switch over and fly into Pittsburgh so we could find the damn runway. But um, yeah, Ronnie was known to do some exciting things on a plane. I know back in the Mid-South days, he had came in there and worked some shots and uh, he had flown, he was flying to DeRitter, Louisiana, and there was no, there was no landing strip there. So Ronnie, uh, not wanting to be late for the show, just landed on the county highway there. Told him he had engine problems. They took him right to the fucking outdoor show that we were doing. 
he wrestled, went back there, and they stopped traffic and let him take off again. You know, some crazy-ass shit, man. But Ronnie Garvin was a fucking wild man. Don't kid yourself. He beat the shit out of you, too. Be back in a moment for somebody else. Hmm, wonder what Andre's doing. Hey, are you tired of hearing my lame-ass commercials? Well, you can put an end to that if you sponsor our podcast. Just go to jake at jakethesnakeroberts.com. You can record your own commercials and send it in to us, and we'll put it right in the podcast. And you can stop hearing my voice. And if for some odd reason you want us to do your own commercial, just give us the details and we'll wing it from there. See you guys next time on Jake the Snake Unleashed. Now, back to our program. Uh, I brought Andre back with me. Yeah, a little Andre story. Thanks for welcoming me back. Even though you didn't, I know that you would. You know, wrestling Andre was, it was a pretty scary time out there. I mean, you just never knew what he was going to do. And if he's going to try to do something, guess what? He's going to do it. I mean, one of the things I used to hate about him was he loved to knock me on my ass and then he'd come over and I'd roll over my back or he'd kick me later, he'd roll over my back. He'd stand on my hair. Then he'd reach down and grab my arms and pull, which ripped my hair out. And he'd just laugh and laugh and laugh. Get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, funny, Andre. That's hilarious. Real leg slapper. <laughs> what am I going to do about it, all right? All right, shut up and get in the car, Jake. You know, for once, one night, I was wrestling him, and uh, we did a spot at the end of the match where he wound up getting disqualified, I think, and uh, you know, you know, got crazy out there, and he then gets in the ring, and I, boom, I get the snake out, and I throw the snake on him, and you know, he sold it so well, so well, man. He oh, grabs his heart and everything, fall around, and just really sell it. And by the way, folks, he wasn't scared of that fucking snake. Are you kidding me? Wake the fuck up. What dream world are you living in? But Andre, he uh, <laughs> he's rolling around with the snake, and all of a sudden I see the snake draw back. And I'm like, no! And bam, he hits Andre in the shoulder, man. I seen that mouth open when he hit him, and uh, Andre just kind of reached up and slapped at it, you know. And the snake came off or whatever. And boom, long story short, I get get a hold of it and. Andre's gone, and I'm walking back going, holy shit. I do not want to go in the Giants locker room. And it's customary to go into your opponent's locker room after the match and uh, thank them for uh, what they had helped you produce out there. And, you know, Andre, you had to go to his room. And I was just, you know, that's what you did out of respect. So I'm like, man, I don't want to go over there, man. He's liable to be pissed off and just kick my fucking ass, you know? I don't want to bring the snake. I thought about bringing the snake ball. No, that'll slow me down if I'm trying to get away from that big motherfucker. So no, I ain't going to do that. So anyway, I finally got the courage up. Around the corner I go, and boom, I walk in the locker room. I'm like, hey, boss, you okay? He's like, yeah. What happened? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, uh, oh, it's good, thank you. And, and Rick Rude walks up, and Andre's sitting down, and Rude looks at his shoulder, and he goes, Andre? And he just like grabbed a hold of something, he pulled it out, 
holy shit, it's a fang about two and a half inches long, man. He reaches back down. Here's the other one, Andre. Pulls it out. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's going to snap now and kill me. He goes, ha, 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 I guess the snake was hungry. Ha, 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 he eat giant shit. And I never got pissed off about it. I was so grateful, so grateful. A lot of guys were really taking that to heart and uh, want to kick my ass over. But thank God Andre didn't want to. I'm telling you, you know, there's a lot of things to be scary, um, scared of out there on the road, man. You know, these wor this world today is pretty crazy. Uh, the way people react and, you know, road rage, man, that's, that's not even thought about it anymore. It's just a big deal. You know, it, it amazes me how callous we've become to things that happen around us and we just shrug them off like they're nothing. I mean, it's, it's really a scary time because we have been, become so calloused. I mean, 15, 20 students being killed, not nah, a big deal, you know, shrug it off. You know, four people here murdered, well, ah, that's not news. You know, it's like, my God, what gets through to people these days? You know, I understand, man, we just get compounded with so much stuff because we got all the cameras and stuff going off all the time, social media being what it is, we see so much, uh, lots of times way too much. And uh, it's pretty terrible times when you look at it from, from that aspect, you know, and you wonder how do you filter your children with this stuff? You don't. If they got a fucking phone, they see it all. Yeah, sometimes technology is not the best thing in the world for us. I don't know, I guess my greatest fear, man, would um, be to be dying alone without my children around me or, or a woman to love. I'm 50% the way there, you know. I don't have a special person right now in my life, but uh, I am around my kids a little bit more and uh, appreciate all that. I've got two daughters living with me and really awesome, Cody and Tara, and uh, Tara's husband, uh, Morgan. Um, you'll be hearing from him time to time because uh, I call him Morg because uh, he's got the toughest job on the planet. I mean, you, you fans at home or wherever you're at in your car listening to this, you know, you get to listen to the podcast. You can turn it off anytime you want. Me, I, you call it a podcast, I call it shooting the shit. You know, I sit down for an hour or so and I let this stuff ramble out of my mouth. And uh, afterwards, I'm on the next page doing something else. So I really don't have to sit in it, you know. But Morgie, he has to edit this shit. He has to do all the work on it. He has to, you know, put this in there, put that in there, put commercial in here, do this, that, and the other. This poor guy is having to live in that fucking poison. I sure hope he's got a thick skin. Because if you don't, I don't really want to have to pay for the counseling. Because I know it's going to get to him. I know he's going to snap. He's going to crack. He's going to go. It's going to be messy. He's going to go postal on my fucking ass. The possibilities are definitely there. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed telling you these stories and moments that I thought were pretty scary. There's always scary moments out there because of the surprise or the shock value that hits you. Good times. Gets the blood pressure up. Makes you appreciate a free moment. Hey, if you do get a free moment, man, check some of the other shows that are been put away for you. Uh, in the future, we're going to have a lot of different things going on. I think I'll probably start reading my book to you. 
on air, man. And um, when you catch a chapter here and a chapter there, man, you're throwing the old bait out there so I can hook you. So then you got to have a fiction. You have to buy my fucking book. Yeah. What a concept. Uh, there's some way to fuck somebody, isn't there? I don't think you're going to be getting fucked, though, man. I think you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. And that's the purpose of doing this. We want you to enjoy it. We want to share these times with you. Please, you guys need to check the website, see where to send questions, man. I want to do a show just where I answer nothing but your questions. What's on your mind? And I don't care what it's about, man. We'll go A to Z, brother. I don't care. Especially if it's about addiction or alcoholism. I'd love to help somebody out there, man. If you're having a, a tough time of it, man, contact me. Let me know where you're at. Let's get together, man, and see if I can help you get over that first hurdle or the second hurdle or the third hurdle or whatever hurdle it is. Just know God loves you, man. He forgives us for everything, man. That's the sweet thing about him. You know, and uh, expects nothing of us other than accepting his son. Oh, I'll get off the pedestal here. I don't need to be preaching to anybody. But I can do whatever the fuck I want, so there we go, man. Raise your children well. Why not? Take responsibility. Step up. Do the right thing. Give people a second chance. All these things are important, man. All these things are important. So write it down. Don't forget it. Send it to me. I'll give you my point of view on it, man. Um, you know, you can go on the website and see where I'm appearing at. Uh, I'm doing the uh, unspoken word tour. You can go on there and find out all sorts of stuff on Jake the Snake. Just keep coming back, man. I'm gonna let you down. Till next time. Later. Peace. So